Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh. That's a good day. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Did you get to watch football? Did you get you know some what? Did you know you what? Make some good food and eat some good food and drink some good alcohol or whatever pop you might choose. I drank a lot of good alcohol, not too much good alcohol. I, I'm 36. I can only handle so much now. Um, <laughs> I actually did not watch watch one ounce of football on Sunday. I just I needed a break. You know, I've been watching so much football. Well, that's okay. That's actually not true. I did watch Joey Porter film on Sunday. I didn't watch any live football. Yeah, live football. Sure. Which okay. is a great thing because here we are to talk about Steelers on a Monday. Victory Monday, <laughs> technically, kind of. If you want to carry it over, sure. I mean, Victory yeah. Friday, so yeah, why to not? speak. They're five and three. They're five and three. <laughs> so is the rest of the AFC North, pretty much. <laughs> Except for the Ravens, yeah. <laughs> Which is the big topic today for me. Dude. Um, as you can see by the title of the show, this AFC North really is something else and we're officially past well not, i guess not officially with the monday night or tonight but you know we're nine sundays into this thing as of right now already we're, we're at the midpoint already. of the season crazy and if if the regular season ended at 3 p.m eastern when the south side beat begins on a monday on, a, on november 3rd november 6th excuse me at three o'clock one two three four teams from the AFC North, would be in the postseason. The Ravens would be the two seed, and the Steelers and the Browns and the Bengals would be in as wild cards. All four teams would be in. And right now, Chris, is not just the toughest division in football, as B. Phil says. You can read it on DKPittsburghSports.com right now. All of the variables that are associated with the AFC North and how strong it really has been this year. Yeah. The only division in football where every team has a winning record, they are one of two divisions in football that has fewer than two teams with a losing record. The only other division that has that is the AFC East. The only losing team in that division is the Patriots. Every other division in football has at least two teams with losing records. Yeah. So right now, yes, unequivocally, at the midpoint of the season, the AFC North is top dog, and the Steelers 
are right there among the right there of the NFL. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Like really, because when when you when you this is this is one of those moments where it's it's kind of like the eleven and zero season, but this does feel a little bit different. That one that season almost felt like it was bound to just. I mean, it was just this balloon that was inflating and inflating and inflating, and it was just bound to pop. And when it and when it did pop or burst, it was just going to be the loudest explosion ever heard by mankind. And they weren't going to do any, and there was literally going to be no, nothing left right. to, to to support. And that's exactly what happened. Well, they win one game after they lost that 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 after they you know lost that first game. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's uh. But this this team, despite all of its deficiencies and all of its flaws, if they are close in the fourth quarter, anything happens, right? I mean, look, okay, let, 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 let's break this down. There are three losses. Two of them were blowouts, so they're not close in the fourth quarter. They don't stand a chance. Sure. The other loss, it's close, but they don't have Kenny Pickett in there. Because he's injured. All and, of the other and games. The Jaguars are the three seed the AFC is right now. Right. But even then, if Kenny Pickett's in that game and it's a one score game like it was, I kind of like the Steelers' chances a little bit more. I'm not going to say they're winning and they're going to be six and two now, but I kind of like their chances a little bit more. But sure. all of the other games, they've been in it late, they've won. Hmm. I mean, that's that to me is the only stat that truly matters until that trend breaks. Steelers Freak says all teams are playing not well right now. I respectfully disagree. The Ravens just beat the brakes off of Seattle. Oh, dude, the Ravens look legit. And then a couple of weeks ago, beat the brakes off the Lions as well. Like, I don't think it's a one on one comparison because the Steelers have beaten the Ravens this year. The Browns just won. I mean, I guess Arizona stinks and they're the worst team in football since Carolina. So yeah. if you want to give them a pass, Cincinnati just beat Buffalo on Sunday night football. So I can't I can't yeah. really agree with that, that all the teams are not playing well right now. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think the majority of the teams are playing well right now. And I would make the case that the Steelers are the one that ones that are not playing as well right now as a totality. And obviously, a lot of that is to handicap the offense. The Steelers are the only team that are that are unbeaten so far in the AFC North. Two and oh, the Ravens are two and one. Uh, they've beaten the Bengals and Browns and, of course, lost to the Steelers. Browns are one and two. They beat the Bengals. They lost to the Ravens and the Steelers. And the Bengals are 0 and two. They've lost to the Ravens and the Steelers. So when it comes to the postseason, the, these division records mean so much. The head to head, it starts the, the tiebreakers for the postseason. The head to head, and then the, the record within the division. Mm -hmm. The two most important things when it comes to differentiating who's in and who's out in the postseason. And Chris, you and I have talked about this AFC all season long as it's going to take at least 10 wins to even get consideration for the seven seed. Yeah. It might take 11. So these division wins, these wins against AFC opponents, and of course, specifically AFC North opponents mm -hmm. are just absolutely massive. And by the way, this parity is going to break within the next couple of weeks because the Browns play, Browns play the Ravens. Steelers play the Browns and the Bengals play the Ravens over the next couple of weeks. And then of course the Steelers play the, uh, the Bengals yep. in two weeks. So this parody is going to break at some point. Now, if it splits off 
and it becomes a round-robin sort of thing, and each team wins a game in this whole thing, then it's obviously a little bit closer. But this is the time. The Steelers have the Packers. We'll talk about the Packers later throughout the week. Yeah. But for the midpoint of the season, this is a great time to talk about just how close this AFC North truly is. And it all could either separate or it could stay congealed by the time three weeks' time comes around. Well, the great thing that the Steelers have, regardless of what their overall record is, um, they are 2-0 in the division, and they are 4-2 and in the conference. And those are the two things that are going to really, really, really matter come the end of the season. Because last year they were 9-8 and and had a chance, but they couldn't because they lost too many tiebreakers. Not only because of conference record, but because of head-to-head records. And so pretty much whenever they're playing, so like these next three games, if you could say, okay, the Steelers are going to win two out of three, that'd be great. If you're going to win two out of three, you want to make sure that the one loss here is this upcoming Sunday against the Packers and that you win two division games. Because you would much rather take the loss against an NFC team and try to beat the Browns and Bengals. Now, I know that's like, okay, thank you, Captain Obvious. Like, you know, obviously that's a lot easier said than done. But the Steelers have already gotten themselves in a good position by playing well or playing at least good enough in the games that they've really, really had to win. The NFC games, yeah, obviously they got the brakes beaten off of them by the 49ers. Okay. Would love to see a more competitive Steelers team on the field, but you know what? It really doesn't hurt that much other than point differential. A loss, it's a loss to an NFC team. Out of conference doesn't really hurt you. Um, You got to make sure that you take care of business within your own division, and especially now with how competitive the conference is within the AFC. They've done that so far. Um, And I honestly like a lot of the matchups that they have going on for the rest of the season. I mean, if they go, if they win six more games the rest of the way, and those six games are against the right right opponents, this might be a team that makes the playoffs. Legit. Somebody asked me in my live cues today what my record prediction was for the Steelers for the rest of the season. And the way I lined it up was about five and four. And I think five and four is a fair assessment of this team. And that would put them at 10 and seven, which is right on the cusp, which mm-hmm. is right on that cut line that we we both think is at least the minimum for an AFC playoff team this year. Now, look, the Ravens are playing about as anybody as good as anybody in football. It was brought up in the chat the last time the Ravens or the, the when the Steelers beat the Ravens, that's the last ro- loss the Ravens have taken. Mm-hmm. They beat the Titans by eight. They killed the Lions. They beat the Cardinals by seven. That was kind of fluky out in Phoenix. Um, and then they just destroyed Seattle by by, by thirty four. Mm-hmm. If Deshaun Watson cared about playing football and that wasn't the worst contract in the history of North American professional sports, I would take the Browns more seriously because the defense is amazing. The Bengals, Joe Burrow seems to be coming back around. He just threw for over, what, 320 yards, 324, whatever it was against the Bills. And the Bills' defense is no spring chicken. So this AFC North is going to be competitive throughout the remainder of the season. And having so many division games left on the plate, remember the Steelers have only played two out of a possible six. They still have three on the road. They have one at home. And the the season finale is in Baltimore. And, And I even said this in the live queues today. I wouldn't rule it out that that week 18 game at Baltimore is like the Sunday night flex special, like Steelers win and they're in or Ravens win and they're the one seed or maybe even both. I mean, that game is going to have serious, serious implications on it. And I think that's an easy call to make as we sit here at the beginning of November. 
Yeah, I mean, just looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean, Packers. I would, I would assume that assume that's a win. The Packers look just atrocious, even for with all the deficiencies this Steelers team has. That's got to be a game they win uh, for sure. Uh, obviously, they got one against the Browns. They got two against the Bengals. You'd like to at least split with the Bengals, just to you know, because you know you would have loved to play the Bengals when they were playing like crap. Sure, early but, season. You but, would have liked to have the Bengals in the week two where the Browns were, and you yeah. like to have the Browns where you have the Bengals, right? Yeah, kind of do in a sense. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, you don't get choice over or uh, you know control over your schedule and the order of it, so you kind of ha- just have to do you know make do with what you have. But here's the one thing I think, kind of regardless of opponents coming up, and, and this is where this is where I kind of I'm starting to become a little bit more optimistic. I'm beginning to kind of pivot away from the Matt Canada blame again, just to reiterate so that I don't have everybody in the comments saying, Chris, how dare you? It's just, I still think they still need, I still think they need a new offensive coordinator at the end of the year. I still don't like the overall concepts called uh, the play calling sequences, all that kind of stuff. I, I still don't like it. Still not a fan of it, but the last two weeks, I've been more concerned about Kenny Pickett than I have about Matt Canada. Now, there. I will. Oh, and, and Demond Brown coming in with a dollar ninety nine uh, contribution. Appreciate it. Uh, said I'm impressed with uh, seventy seven. Uh, Broderick Jones at right tackle. Glad he's on the field. And honestly, that's another part of it too that that plays a role here. It's it's the rookies coming in, and I mean, you're talking about Broderick Jones giving the Steelers reason to not leave him on the sideline. Joey Porter Jr. really already looking like a shutdown corner. And even been given the trust to shadow receivers, which the Steelers don't do, by the way. They just don't. They have a left cornerback, they have a right cornerback. Sure. They don't they don't have guys shadow, and they had Joey Porter Jr. shadow DeAndre Hopkins. Seeing these rookie Keon and Benton filling in nicely for, for Cam Hayward, maybe, maybe not as productive as like a Cam Hayward would be, but still getting penetration, getting four hands on him instead of two making, you know, giving or taking away space on the inside so that guys like TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith can do their thing. Seeing these, and Nick Herbig even making a couple of splash plays, seeing these rookies come in and play roles immediately, huge. And that's why I think, like, over the last couple of weeks, it's really been the quarterback play that's held them back. Now, Again, if Kenny's in the fourth quarter against the Jaguars, I feel a lot better about it because Kenny in the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, just dials it up and he goes from a two to an 11 out of 10. Um, but I don't know. Like if, if, if Kenny can start to become a little bit more consistent with the way Matt Canada's calling games now, I feel a lot better about this team moving forward. A lot better about it. It has improved post by. As far as a play calling and a feel and just an overall confidence standpoint, I'm not confident the Steelers can go out and put 30 points a game up. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I feel confident in that every drive is not going to be run, run, pass, punt. I feel confident. Pass, pass, pass. Or pass, pass, (laughs) pass, punt. Or pass, pass, whatever it is. Interception. Yeah. I feel more confident in the play calling because I've seen better play calling over the last two weeks. It's happened. Matt sure. Canada has called two good games in a row. Not saying they're outstanding. I'd still say I'm not I, saying I'm they're a outstanding. little loose with the term good, but much better. Better. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's and, my definition of it. And better than zero is still a number. 
so you can put a number <laughs> on it, right? But yes, and and somebody mentioned earlier about Kenny Pickett and how it seems like a lot of people, here it is from Joseph, says, I can't believe how many Steelers fans have given up on Kenny already. I agree with Joseph. I, I don't think you can give up on Kenny until, quite honestly, we see him with a new offensive coordinator. I, I mean, that's the brass tacks. That's the bottom line. And, and yes, Ben Roethlisberger said three years, give him three years, let him take time. I understand all of that. But it's also fair to say that Kenny Pickett has not shown what he is expected to be showing at this stage, and especially kind of given the preseason and how well that went and how the offseason went in terms of building around him, because this offensive roster is better than last year's. There's yeah. no doubting that. I don't think there is. And I think you have to expect better out of Kenny Pickett. And yes, Kenny Pickett has to play better. I'm going to go to Darren here. He mentions uh, Cole Holcomb. He asked the impact of Cole Holcomb's yeah, injury. That's big. That's so the big. big news note today, Cole Holcomb to IR. They did not say season-ending IR, which I found interesting, but it's pretty much assumed by this point that he's yeah. going to be out for the season. Yeah. Um, and then Anthony McFarland was reactivated on the 21st day. This was it for Anthony McFarland. Yeah. Good to see for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so Anthony McFarland will be back mm -hmm. um, at some point this season, most likely Sunday against the Packers, but the Steelers now have to replace their, their top tackling linebacker. They have to replace their green dot. They have to replace the guy that has played really well this season. I'm not going to say he's been a pro bowler by any means, but I think he's played really well up the middle. And now it's going to be Quan Alexander. It's going to be Landon Roberts and it's going to be more Mark Robinson. And we know Chris that this front office, Terrell Austin, even they like Mark Robinson, but mm -hmm. there was no questioning that he's a developmental chip yeah. and, and really was over the off season and they viewed it as such. And that's why they went out and literally overhauled the entire room. Yep. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No, there, there is clearly, a, I mean, there's reason to be excited about Mark Robinson. There, there's absolutely reason for it. When, when you watch the game against the Ravens in Baltimore last year, it was like, wow, this dude's all over the place. He's flying. Uh, he's throwing his weight around. Um, he's shooting gaps. I mean, he was phenomenal. And then the very next week against the Browns, it was like, dude, you, you got to learn how to show a little bit of patience here. Like you can't just, you know, throw yourself all over the field you know, with, with no control over it whatsoever. You, you got to learn how to kind of hone it. And, and, and like a really good example is Joey Porter Jr. Really, really aggressive, physical cornerback, press cornerback, but is also very patient with the way he uses that aggressiveness. And that's not what we saw from Mark Robinson last year. And it's a reason why, and it's indicative of being number one, a seventh round pick, and also being a guy who's relatively new to the position. Uh, which he is. And so there is a reason why they didn't just say, oh yeah, Mark Robinson can be one of our two main, you know, off ball guys. No, they, he's not ready for that. Um, lots of good, lots of reason to be excited, but yes, developmental is the perfect word to describe him. That's the reason why they brought in a Landon Roberts, why they brought in Cole Holcomb, why Quan Alexander was, was a, a late signing and 
thankfully it's turned into something. Oh, it's uh, been good. Yes. And now he he's going to wear the green dot. Yeah. And no, and that's that, that to me, and it makes sense to me because at the end of the day, when you look at the two main options that they have now with, with Alexander and with Roberts, you know, the, um, Quan is definitely the more versatile guy. Uh, Landon is still like your main run stuffing off ball linebacker. And he's dang good at it. Been excellent um, at it. Yeah. He's been really good against the run. His pass coverage has actually been better than I expected it to be. I expected him to be like Robert Spillane bad in coverage. Um, but he's been better like th- than that. And like significantly better than that. Not, not still not great, but he's had some good moments and I'm like, okay, you know, that's not, he's not a complete liability out there, but definitely Quan is definitely the better guy. Case in point, he had the game ceiling interception last week. So, um, Really, really good to see. Demond says, I love Mark Robinson. I've seen his potential since 2022 training camp. He's going to be a beast. And he can be. Absolutely can be. But he's got to learn how to kind of harness that that aggressiveness that he plays with. Um, it's a different position than what I described, obviously, with Joey Porter Jr. But there's a similar um, attack to how you play your position. Shrewdly aggressive. Not just I'm just going to throw my body around everywhere. You've got to be able to play your actual position as well. Uh, Logan asks, any update on 88? That's, of course, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, Fryermuth has two weeks left on injured reserve. Uh, they placed some on injured yeah. reserve before the Rams game, week seven. So uh, do the math, four weeks, week 11. So before uh, the Bengals game, it sounds like. Uh, so hey, you're going to be missing Pat Fryermuth for a little When bit. you're good enough, you just get first named. Pittsburgh Dottie, 86. Also, I think Quan is pretty, you know, it's not Jim. <laughs> you know, it's not Chris. I mean, we, we call Kenny Pickett Kenny. I mean. We're not, we're not talking about Kenny Loggins, though, you know, or, <laughs> any, you, know, you know, Kenny Johnson from Pitt. I mean, we're or, not talking or, about those guys, though. Or Kenny from South Park. Or in this case, Pat. Like, okay, Pat could be yeah. anybody, but Pat Fryerbooth. Yeah, we kind of know. Of course. Uh, what about Ant Mac? Says Rick. Uh, Anthony McFarland. That's his nickname. If you want to give him that, Anthony McFarland comes back off of injured reserve today. Um, when we talked about Canada a couple of weeks ago, this is before um, we thought he was going to be activated because he was designated to return. He's returned to practice, um, but he wasn't activated off of IR when Cam Hayward was. And what do I know about Kenny Loggins, says Devon. What I know and don't know about Kenny Loggins <laughs> is up to you. Uh, about Anthony McFarland. And the thing I found uh, interesting about what Matt Canada said about Anthony McFarland is that they had plans for Anthony McFarland in that 49ers game. And then there was just a lingering knee issue that was really just over training camp that developed and over the preseason that developed. And it, it, it came to an apex, a really rough apex in week one, and they weren't able to use Anthony McFarland the way they thought they were going to, which is why he, of course, ended up on injured reserve. So I, I think you're going to see a role for Anthony McFarland, I think mainly in special teams and as a kick returner. Um, and that would, you know, push out Godwin Iguabuque. Uh, But I would think Anthony McFarland has a little bit of a role in the offense, primarily as a pass-catching running back. Yeah. I don't see him taking many carries, if any, away from Najee or Jalen, maybe a couple here and there. But as far as a consistent, steady presence on the offense – his role is going to be as a pass catching running back. Maybe it's some two back sets alongside Najee and or Jalen. Yeah. Well, the, the one, the one, uh, the one thing that I, I kind of don't want to mess with, and it's not saying it's not, this isn't a slight against Anthony McFarland at all. 
Uh, <laughs> get loose or go dangerous. Danger zone. Oh, so good. I'm going into um, I'm going into college basketball season tonight. That is yeah. we're getting into the danger zone right now. But <laughs> but no, the thing with Anthony Mc, Anthony McFarlane, like I'm glad he's coming back. It gives the Steelers uh, much needed depth at running back. If not, your Jalen were to go down, but. Um, I, I like with what we saw against the Titans, like it, that's your formula to me, the, the way that they use those two guys, um, almost equally Najee with a little bit more volume than, than Jalen, but Jalen definitely not, not far behind. Um, the way that they like, that's your formula going forward, like 160 yards on the ground. Um, they both had a couple of catches. Uh, Najee had one drop, but you know, still like that's your formula for me going forward when it comes to the running game. And, and, and I, I was really excited about that. And what McFarland does is it does give you another option, uh, in case, you know, Najee's just, you know, he, he was just, you know, he needs spelled and Jalen just went like three plays in a row for whatever reason. Okay. Let's throw McFarland out there for a third and three play or whatever, you know, um, but I kind of want to see him on kick returns because I, I I think that might, might be a little. <laughs> God, okay. you got your <laughs> We're not going into the Kenny Loggins library because I, <laughs> that's the Steelers quarterback. However, uh, Demond paid me a compliment. He mm. said he, he I look so young. He he wasn't expecting me to drop a Kenny Loggins reference. How could I not know? Who, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty standard like. Even somebody my age would understand who Kenny Loggins is, or at least know who Kenny Loggins is. If you've watched any like movie basically created from the time that he became popular up until 1999, odds are one of his songs is in the movie. That's true. <laughs> so well, that's, I will, I will that's say this though, I, like I got that. Like a lot of younger people nowadays, like it, it, it does seem like, and maybe this is just me. I, I'm not calling myself a younger person, but. Like maybe this is just me. Like a lot of times, I will like hear a song, know a song, but I don't know who sings it unless it's like a very, very distinct voice. Yeah, like he's got know. a distinct voice. He has a voice that I recognize. Yeah, yeah. There, there are a couple of Kenny Loggins songs where it's kind of like, sometimes those '80s songs, man, they will kind of blend together after a while. Oh yeah, and they Shane, really happy do. birthday to you! Uh, happy birthday. 50, whether you're 52, 53, 22, 23. Uh, hope you enjoy the uh, celebration. And he, and, he, and he is right, dude. Uh, it, it has always been about quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Got to have quarterback play. Uh, Jim says Caddyshack. Listen, what's your favorite golf movie? Because we could go Happy into Gilmore. that. Okay. I mean, Happy Caddyshack. Gilmore. I mean, I love Caddyshack. I love For the Love of the Game. Uh, several good for golf For the Love of the Game is a baseball I mean, game. I mean, I mean, greatest game. Greatest game ever played. I don't know why say. I thought that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I had game in my head. I'm like, oh, we can go baseball good. movies. I'm fine with baseball. I mean, movies. For the love of the game is, is probably my favorite baseball movie too. For that one, other than maybe 42, uh, but of course I met greatest game ever played with uh, Shia LaBeouf of all people. Like, remember Shia LaBeouf? I mean, even Steven for me. Happy Gilmore. Even Steven's me. Happy Gilmore is a, a classic. I mean, that's a that's borderline that's a hockey. Movie Tin too. cup. Tin cup is great. Tin cup is great. Oh, Barber's right, dude. Bagger Vance was the bomb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the bomb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Pittsburgh Toddy says F golf. Leave. Don't do that. Leave that alone. <laughs> I love golf, man. I, I played it. I coached. I used to coach it for, for a hot minute. 
Um, I've always been around the game. Uh, Monogahela Mike says Happy Gilmore. Ryan Lytle says his favorite uh, <laughs> golf movies, Bull Durham. <laughs> well, probably ba- I mentioned baseball movies. He's probably yeah. I know, I know, movies. I know. He's he's of course talking about that. Um, oh, the Hickory golf movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, we could go along about movies and golf and all that stuff all we want. A, a real quick football note to end today, of course. Uh, back to regular protocol this week. Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. on Tuesday, coordinators on Thursday, injury reports Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I will be on the road to Newark, New Jersey. A walk that is ruined, says Prandestrek Pete. That's golf. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Guys are like, rough. You guys are rough today. Hilarious. Uh, I love Bud. golf, but that's freaking funny. Airbud, Bob. What's your favorite movie where an animal plays sports? He says. Oh, Airbud. That's for me. Why? Classic kids movie. Classic kids Why? movie. Mike also asks, uh, any update on Mika Fitzpatrick? Does he play this week? Not sure. I, I'm truthfully not sure. I mean, oh, he was wow. pretty quiet, obviously, throughout practice last week. They have not put him on injured reserve, if that's a good if that's a good sign of anything. So, unsure right now as of Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, again, yeah. programming note, I won't be here Friday. I'll be on the road to, uh, to the Bronx. Uh, Pitt plays Syracuse in New York City on Saturday. At Yankee Stadium, so I will be uh, making my way over to that on Friday. So you will be with Chris. Uh, so probably Q and A. Probably Q and A. Don't ask. We can we can talk baseball, football, movies, all we want. Yeah, it, um, it could be a very good variety show. Uh, hold on. Striper City said no one mentioned the Natural. That's actually top three baseball movies for me. It is. I don't think it's my favorite, but it's and good. that Field of Dreams too. Animal that plays sports, Jaws. Goodness, you guys. Goodness. Go Orange. Be Phil. Way to be, Be Phil. Way to be, Be Phil. It would be so Dino Babers for him to go 4-0, lose five in a row, and then beat Pitt to save his job. It would be so Dino Babers to do that. That being said, it's probably going to happen. And that's the third Chuck. Chunk. Chunk Norris. Chunk Norris. Chunk Norris. Sandlot's also great. Uh, yeah. The rookie is great. The rookie is great. Uh, you guys are doing great. Basketball. Oh, my goodness. Basketball. Vision Quest for a wrestling movie, says Brent. Oh, man. Uh, I'm not thinking wrestling movies, but the wrestling yeah. documentaries, Dark Side of the Ring. Wow. Yeah. Dark Side of the Ring on Vice is something. Yeah. Uh, if you want good, good entertainment, go watch those. Um, but, yeah, so that's how we're setting up this week, so to speak. Um, again, Tom on Tuesday tomorrow. Tom on Tuesday tomorrow, to coordinator <laughs> Thursday. Per, yeah, we'll see what the word of the day is tomorrow. It's been behoove. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been uh, tenor. We've had some interesting ones out of Mike Tomlin this year. So we'll see what Mike Tomlin has to say tomorrow. Matt Canada and Tara Lawson, of course, on Thursday. Chris Solo on Friday as I go to New York. Do you think, last final thought for me, do you think Mike Tomlin has a wheel in his house and he just spins the wheel? And whatever word it lands on, like a la Price is Right, you kind of, or or it's just I'm gonna open up my dictionary and just oh that there's my word for the day. He just like closes it, flips it, and then puts his finger down, yeah, and whatever that word know. is is where it goes. I don't know. I, I'm just curious of like how he goes about that because he's he's he knows what he's doing behind the podium. Reminds me of uh, Ben Stiller, White Goodman from uh, Dodgeball. I also like to break a mental sweat every here and then. And he's reading the dictionary. 
Yeah. Oh, um, listen. Uh, so Brent asks about Pickens real quick. Uh, oh, sure. We addressed I, it on Friday a bit, but sure, we yeah, can go into no, it for you. Well, I, I guess I, I'm just saying. Well, Aquatic Life does kind of have the uh, like obvious link. Nick. That's obvious. But I will say this: when it comes to Pickens, Evans right Mike, it was a thesaurus. Go ahead. Mike Tomlin is probably going to be asked about it tomorrow, in some form or fashion. I would be shocked if he's not. Sure. Um, so I don't think I'm going to be the one to ask it. Spoiler. Uh, you're going to ask about it. I don't think I am. Oh, okay. No, I, no, no, no. I don't think I'm going to be the one that asks it. Uh, Ryan, have, uh, George Pickens yeah. did not talk today. I was in the locker room. He did not talk today. Uh, Alan Robinson talked today and he had a really pretty good insight on advice for George, which you can read right now at DK Pittsburgh sports.com. Uh, sorry, Chris continue. <laughs> guys, you guys are so rough. A Tomlin non-answer. <laughs> Just no shade, man. Just no shade at all. Oh, that's so good. And honestly, Jim says it. That's what he'll do. He'll brush it off. Sure. Stuff when it comes to anything that will shed his players in a bad light, unless it is something that is done on the football field, he won't talk about it. He just won't. I mean, all, the, all that kind of any kind of disciplinary stuff when it comes to off the field issues, mm-hmm. he will never address that. It's now. Gunner dropping, you know, fumbling, you know, muffin punts. Oh, he's I asked all about in. that. He was all over that. Mm-hmm. He absolutely called Gunner out for that. Yeah, we don't trust him right now. Dang. All right. Thanks for the quote. That's awesome. But yeah. that was all football on the football field related. That's a completely different story. Darren, to correct you, it's fat, sassy, and spoiled. And I can't forget that. I can't forget that one. Um, my, just remember last week, Mike Tomlin said he had no idea what we were talking about when we asked about Deontay Johnson, absolutely lighting the officiating on fire after the Jacksonville game. So if Mike Tomlin's going to non-answer and brush that one off, imagine what he's going to do to a social media post from George Pickens that he probably hasn't seen. Um, my quick idea. George Pickens. Yeah. In-house stuff. That's correct. Correct. Chris, um, my, my George Pickens take, I was given it. I gave it on Friday. I, I'm not making it a thing a bigger thing or any kind of thing that it has to be. If George Pickens is upset about getting targeted twice or targeted five times and have a one catch for negative two yards or two for negative one, whatever it was fine, but I'm not painting George Pickens out as a prima donna. Every time he has a bad game, I'm just not going to do it. It's not fair to George. It's not fair to Kenny Pickett. It's not fair to the Steelers. It just is not fair to do. Now, if he goes on record and says, F this team, F this quarterback, F this place, then yeah, maybe we could start doing that. But yeah. I mean, cryptic social media posts, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm not sold on it. I don't think there's much stock to be taken into it. It is what it is. He could be pissed off about having a bad game. Every receiver, every player has the right to. I'm just not going to let sour grapes become a thing because AB and Juju and Chase Claypool decided to act out when they were here. I, I'm just not going to do it. I don't think that's fair. Jim, to George no, Pickens. no, no, just no. I'm not here to talk about other reporters, but no. No, I'm not going to do that either. Um, That's fine. But I, I, I'm, not not a, I'm not a reporter anymore, technically. So, no. George Pickett should have had a TD. Be Phil, yes, he should have. And we can leave that one at that. We can sign off today knowing that the Steelers are 5-3. and three. They have a really interesting matchup, I would say, against the Packers on Sunday. I don't trust Jordan Love to be able to throw the forward pass. This might be the worst quarterback the Steelers have faced all season. But we'll see. We'll find out. We're going to talk more Packers this week. 
Uh, obviously, again, like I said, Mike Tomlin tomorrow, coordinators Thursday, Chris Solo on Friday for a Q&A. And I will be uh, I will be here when I can, probably low quality Wednesday and Thursday. So it's going to be quite a week over Ooh. here. <laughs> it's going to be quite a week over here for yeah. us. Low but for quality, now, Corey. But for now, DK and Ramon coming up at four uh, in about 26 minutes or so. He's Chris and I'm Corey. I'm going to go enter the danger zone tomorrow at the Mike Tomlin press conference. We will talk to you tomorrow once I'm out of the danger zone. Peace out, everybody. Have a good day.